0: This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 51. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your amazingly wonderful, beautiful host, Brian Hood, (laughs) and I'm here with my skanky, gross despicable co-host yeah what's <laughs> up guys how's it going chris cram oh man no that was really mean you're actually the beautiful amazing when i'm the i'm the little the little
1: troll standing under the bridge Psh, that's not what i heard i heard what did you hear chris Graham? i heard there's a girl who thinks you're pretty hot brian
0: yeah yeah so uh big news since the last episode episode 50 i have become engaged i am engaged now yes, that's a big deal that's queen I will be getting married sometime in the future. We haven't set a date yet, but I gave her the ring. She is my fiance now. I'm stoked AF.
1: Freaking awesome. So many congrats to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a glorious time in your life.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're still deciding on a bunch. You know how it is, Chris. You're married, so it's like- I am. I can only imagine what it's like between now and the wedding and then the first year of marriage, all these things that you have to think about. So if anyone has any advice for me, Send it to podcast at the six <laughs> <home> com <studio.com. laughs> and let me know your premarital advice and then your postmarital advice.
1: Oh, man. Well, dude, let me segue us from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great opportunity for us to pose a question, and it's important for you to consider because you are an audio engineer, but this question of why do audio engineers seem to be so bad at relationships? You talking about romantic relationships or just relationships in general? Well romantic especially but yeah in general our track record ain't great guys you know there's not a whole lot of people that are known for being a great audio engineer and for being you know like a great family man or having really really strong i don't know you know we tend to obsess about stuff as a culture if this isn't true across the entire audio engineer spectrum but it generally tends to be the rule rather than the exception. And that's one of the reasons when we had Matt on the podcast.
0: Yeah, that was episode number 27. We had Matt Bajero on talking about how he saved over $3,000 a month by downsizing to profitability.
1: Yeah, and also saved his family in the process, you know, yeah. put his dreams backseat to his happiness. Man, that was such a cool episode. But I think it's something where we should sort of talk about the elephant in the room, which is one, audio engineer's This is what the podcast is about. We typically struggle with business stuff Mm -hmm. And two we typically struggle with relationship stuff now we try to keep it just in business stuff But the two are intertwined. Yeah, if you are not doing a great job in your relationships Your business is going to suffer if you're not doing a good job in your business A lot of times your relationships are going to suffer. So these are two Really integrated issues and it might be the main cause it's tough to make a living as an audio engineer And anytime you're doing something where it's tough to make a living, it's tough to have good relationships as well
0: Yeah, so I don't want to make this whole episode only about romantic relationships because relationships as a whole directly translate to your business in Some way shape or form it can lead to referral work. It can lead to People that can help you through problems It can lead to having a more stable life so that you can focus on your business So it's not just romantic relationships But with that being said I do want to note that for the first six years of me running my studio I was so single, it hurt. It was like, <laughs> I, was, I was impressively single with no prospects of a girl in my life. So it was definitely a rough period in my life. And I can definitely be one to say that being an audio engineer, trying to make it in this business, is really really hard to do while also maintaining not just personal friendships but romantic relationships or even to find romantic relationships So there is still like I don't want to make this whole episode about romantic relationships because that's not really our area of expertise But what I will say is that all relationships will affect your business in some way shape or form And so this episode is going to be our attempt at uncovering this complex issue of why? Audio engineers and recording professionals and studio owners tend to be not just bad, but just awful at relationships in general
1: Yeah, well and I think as we examine the business side of things too I think many of the reasons like I said that we're bad at business as a profession are the same reasons we're bad at relationships one of the first things that i'd want to talk about is when i'm on the phone with A potential client or a client that's thinking about hiring me for mastering It is hilarious the consistency of the stories I hear how so give me an example Well, i'll always if i'm meeting a new artist or new producer new mix engineer I like to have a phone call. I like to say hey, tell me your story I'm a nerd but I just love people's stories like hearing other people's stories is like my favorite thing in the world to do You
0: never asked me my story. What are you kidding me? I interviewed You're you nerd, that's that's I've, episode number two <laughs> 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 Episode three actually episode three is my story. That's true
1: <laughs> But the consistency of stories I get on the phone from people especially artists. It's hilarious how similar they are and it's usually, I would say, 60% of the time, if it's their first record, the story is almost always the same. Well, you know, we've working on this record for, you know, more than a year, you know, things were going pretty good. And then my engineer just kind of flaked out. I couldn't get him to call me back. I couldn't get him to, you know, do the revisions I was asking for. He just sort of disappeared. And th- these are the files that we have to work with. It's a really, really, really common story. It's generally tends to be people's first record, but even at higher levels, there's generally a complaint about the audio engineer that I get as the mastering engineer talking to the artist.
0: I see that in my own world as a mixing engineer, people abandoning the record and then them having no choice but to hire someone else to mix the record.
1: Yeah. So this is a common thing. And again, this is a relationship issue where the audio engineer apparently bit off more than they could chew, oversold themselves, and then torched the relationship with the client. And man, that that's a very interesting pattern. Definitely. This is just my experience So I can't say that it's this way or 60 percent across whatever, you know, this has just been my experience You know another thing and we're going to try to really announce the elephants in the room in this episode but another thing that's sort of painfully obvious is You don't see a lot of audio engineers that are married past say five years, maybe 10 years
0: That's a tough discussion for a lot of people
1: Yeah, and so the big reason i'm bringing this up I don't want anyone to feel weird or feel uncomfortable listening to the podcast But the reason I bring this up is what's the point of learning business skills for your recording business if you die alone
0: Mm, You know, that's a question (laughs) That is not easily answered.
1: Yeah, it really isn't. But for me, like, I know that hopefully as an old man, I'm going to be laying in a hospital bed in my 115th year. <laughs> and I'm not going to look back at my audio career and want to go back and be like, man, if I just could have cut those vocals one more time. Oh gosh. <laughs> if I just had Kane stage my preamp slightly differently, we could have got more saturation on that main vocal on that one song. Oh that's my biggest regret. Like, I'm going to look back and wish I spent more time with my kids or took my wife on more dates. And like, this is healthy for me to think about. And, you know, I like every other audio engineer, I get obsessive about stuff sometimes Or I'll be like, I need this pair of headphones or else I won't be happy. Or (laughs) You know, like there's there's all these things. And I I think I want to pose this question. Why do we as a profession tend to struggle with relationships Hopefully we can come up with some theories here to just sort of consider and hopefully be helpful And here's the thing being successful in business in my opinion is totally holistic The more you look reality in the eye and face hard truths And make reality your friend the better your business is going to do And part of that sort of fixation on reality is inevitably going to have to do with what's your relationship with your spouse Or your girlfriend or your ex-spouse or your kids Or your parents, I don't know, but there's just a lot there where if you are totally failing in one area of life It will absolutely impact you in this sort of audio profession It will absolutely screw you
0: Yeah, so I think one area to kind of talk about right now that I see not just in audio engineer world But in just all entrepreneurs is we start out wanting to do this a because we love it, right? As audio professionals, we, we tend to love what we do or else we probably wouldn't do this But two there seems to be a, a why behind it and that why the monetary why Is so that we can support our families and our lifestyles doing what we love to do But the danger and that I think a lot of people fall into myself included especially for the first six years I did this Was to be so tunnel vision singularly focused on the business side of things That I let all other things wither and die around me. I had no balance in my life and whenever you lose vision on what you're really trying to do, why you're trying to do it, it's really easy to just neglect those who you really care about and who you may be doing this for in an effort to build something you think is maybe more important and more pressing at the time.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that kind of brings me to a question. Do audio engineers struggle with relationships because they are audio engineers? Or do audio engineers struggle with relationships because people who struggle with relationships gravitate towards being an audio engineer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the question I am not qualified to answer, Chris.
1: Yeah, nor am I. But I will say, you know, this is a tough industry to make it in. You have to be tenacious and driven and single-minded. And if you're not, and you're easily sort of like distracted, like you're going to get rolled over, in my opinion. And so people like that, you and I are definitely both like struggle with, Focusing on an issue too much. Yeah And if you're that type of person then yeah audio is a viable career path for you because you have to be singularly focused While there's so many distractions in the room and so many places that you can drop the ball I think that there is sort of an issue there where we don't have just normal average people with any level of success as an audio engineer We have obsessive people That make it on any level and those obsessive people tend to struggle with relationships
0: Yep, I can speak from experience here as someone who when I encounter a problem i'm naturally i'm a problem solver If I come across a problem My mind works in a way that I immediately start trying to solve that problem which creates another problem, which is When i'm trying to problem solve and i'm so headfirst into an issue I tend to tune out literally everything in my life. I will ignore texts, which I still do all day long. During work hours, I still ignore my texts all day. I will let relationships kind of wither and die. If it's an issue where like I'm trying to solve a problem or do something that takes a long time, I'll let friendships kind of fade away. Naturally, that's just the way I tend to be. That's my struggle. And until I really finish the project or finish the thing, my mind does not come out of it and allow me to focus on those around me. And so that's something I still to this day struggle with. And- There are things that I do to kind of counter that But i'd say that it's taken me years to get to the point where I even knew to acknowledge that that was an issue When I was younger and why I was single for six years in a row is because I didn't know that was a problem I just sat in a room Tweaking knobs learning how things worked trying to solve whatever problem came up that day or that week or that month And because of that the rest of my life tended to suffer. And if you go back and listen to my episode number three, it really led to a really dark place in my life at the time until I started to dig my way out of that. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that feeling of constantly being in your own little path, your own little blinded area, and being completely oblivious to the stuff surrounding you and the other issues in your life. And honestly, I see this not just in myself, but some other friends in my life where this is just a natural thing people tend to do is when you have problems in other areas of your life, you tend to gravitate towards the one thing you're good at or the one thing you love to do. And you use that as a coping mechanism. That's why workaholics are workaholics a lot of times as a coping mechanism for the other things going wrong in your life. Instead of addressing those things, it's easier to just focus on what you're good at and what you love to do. And that can cause so many problems in your life and i'm not one to sit and like point the finger at people because i'm the same way But it's definitely something to be aware of and until you're aware of that problem You're gonna have a very tough time solving that problem.
1: Yeah, that makes me think of two things One is this problem solver idea that you brought up I think that an audio engineer is at its core a problem solver You are in a situation you're trying to make something sound a certain way There's no one-size-fits-all preset as much as we wish there was that you can just pull up and be like, oh, I'll just pull up the good vocals preset. (laughs) Like, that's not a thing. Well, that's how I master my songs. I just pull up the (laughs) the
0: Isotope Ozone mastering preset and it's done.
1: Well, I do the same thing, but I use the good vocals preset during mastering, Uh, and that's why my masters are superior. Nice,
0: (laughs) cool. Good, good.
1: Sorry to pull you out of what you were saying. No, no, you're fine. So this idea that we're obsessive problem solvers... And that we lean on our strengths is fascinating. There's a really popular saying, not really, but semi-popular saying that I freaking love. And it is a hammer sees everything as a nail. And I just freaking love that. So as audio engineers, we typically believe like, oh, there's a relationship problem. So I'll just tweak some knobs and uh, experiment until uh, it's fixed. And speaking to my bros here, my dudes on the podcast, girls don't like that. (laughs) 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 They don't like it at all. So, yeah. So this problem solver thing, I'm so guilty, so guilty of this. And I don't know, that gives me pause to consider. Well, so let me back up. Myself and my wife, we're a little weird as parents in that. No way. Yeah. We're super, we were homeschool. We don't eat like (laughs) non-organic food. We're total hippies.
0: No red food dye.
1: Yeah. Fun fact. If you're a dad or a mom and your kid doesn't behave well, sometimes try removing red food dye. It's illegal in every first world country except the United States because it's poisonous. So anyways, I digress. Causes (laughs) massive behavioral outbursts in our children. Ridiculous stuff.
0: That's why I was such a shit child.
1: Yeah, it's all red food dye. I had plenty of it growing up. I had shots of it. Yeah, me too. I typically (laughs) drink it from LaCroix cans. Anyways, I digress. Oh my God. Um, So one of the things we do that's weird as parents is that we punish our children when they are not using self-control we reward them when they are using self-control. That sounds logical to me as a non-parent. As the parent who does it, I agree. And so the big idea there is that we reward self-control. And the hope there is that from what I've read, if you condense all of psychology down to one sentence, it's you get what you reward for. So the idea here is that because we reward for self-control, that they'll get better at it. But what's hilarious with my kids is they'll be in a situation sometimes where they're struggling with self-control and they start to have a little bit of a meltdown. Maybe grandma and grandpa gave them some red food dye. (laughs) And what I'll do is I'll say to them, use your self-control. And there'll be a moment where they'll pause and say, oh yeah, I have that tool available to me, but I haven't turned it on yet. And it's when they decide like, oh yeah, use self-control. Like my daughter who's two can stop crying on a dime.
0: She's adorable,
1: by the way. Well, Your daughter is you, the cutest. She loves you. She talks about you constantly. Yep. Weirdly obsessed with me. Weirdly obsessed <laughs> with you. But this decision to use self-control, a tool that's available to us, for whatever reason, like I feel like that's something. There's some sort of truth buried in there for us as audio engineers to not just use one tool available to us.
0: There's just a lot of different tools to develop in our lives, not just for business, but. There's emotional intelligence. That's another tool you need to develop as an adult. And until I saw counseling, until I went to a counselor and worked on it five, six years ago, or no, three, four years ago, I had really never done anything to work on that specific tool so that I could use it in the situations
1: where maybe other sort of tools did not work well. That's a really great point. There's an awesome book called Emotional Intelligence. I read that book a couple years ago and it kind of rocked my world I didn't love the book itself, but I love the idea behind the book And the idea is that you have an iq which measures your intelligence And you have an eq which measures your emotional intelligence
0: And then you have a bq which is your business intelligence, which is
1: what we work on here There you go. Absolutely. I just made that up bq your bq. It sounds like a type of hamburger
0: It's like burger queen or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah
1: (laughs) That sounds so bad god, no so this emotional intelligence thing is so important because in my opinion most audio engineers Tend to have low emotional intelligence and more importantly don't even know that emotional intelligence is a thing So this is important for all of us as audio engineers that struggle with relationships Is to recognize that it is a skill It is something you can be good at and what the book goes into that's fascinating is they talk about I don't know how accurate this is, but they claim That most successful people have a high iq and a high eq But that when in doubt success mostly comes from having a high eq You can have a huge eq and a low iq and still be pretty successful You can have a huge iq and a low eq and be a complete failure Yep,
0: just knowing that it exists is kind of the first step in understanding how to become better at something. It's just I'm not an expert in emotional intelligence. I will still say I'm probably below average in the EQ spectrum. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, my longest relationship before I started working on that was eight months as an adult. And so to go from that to a three plus year relationship and now I'm engaged to be married, I'd say just working on that does go a long way towards not just friendships, which I've have so many more now than I ever had before. It also helps in romantic relationships.
1: Yeah, I think this conversation of tools Is a fascinating rabbit hole for us to go down that if you are in the studio And you're trying to make a band sound good and the only tool that you're using is eq Even if you're the best eq user in the world You're going to struggle a little bit most of the time you're going to struggle Unless you're really really fast with fader automations (laughs) When you start to bring in compression now you have two tools that are available to you that you can really start to craft a sound. When you get into creating space, you know. which I would say pan knobs, delay, and reverb, these are other tools that you can use to make the recording better as a whole. And I think one of the primary issues for us as audio engineers is that we don't recognize that in a relationship, having a high IQ, it isn't enough. It's like only using EQ. It's the same take on it. It's the same acronym. <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like only using EQ to mix a song when, in fact, you need your EQ, your compression, your reverb, your pan knobs, volume faders. There's all these different skills that you have to possess together to be able to get cohesion and this moment when suddenly your mix turns from a recording to some like virtual reality where you listen to it and you get goosebumps. It makes you feel like you're somewhere else. So, boy, you know, I think that's an interesting kind of rabbit hole for us to explore this idea of. I think many audio engineers, they don't choose to pick up this relationship tool, this EQ tool. And as a result, it comes back to this, a hammer sees everything as a nail. If you're an audio engineer, which is ultimately a problem solver, you probably look at things as, well, if I just tweak the knobs enough.
0: It's all logical, in the box, if this, then that type thinking, which doesn't really jive well with most humans, especially creative types.
1: Yeah. So man, I'm like fascinated by this whole subject. I definitely don't claim to be any kind of expert. You know, obviously got a little experience here as a dad and as a husband, but well, maybe I do. <laughs> I've been married at almost 12 years and that's, you know, they say like in dog years, it's a different, in audio engineer years, <laughs> that's like 57 years. It's a 50 year marriage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even just as I made that joke, I have to come and say no condemnation, no judgment here. It's true. One of my favorite phrases is, but for the grace of God, there go I. What does that mean for the layman? It means, well, I have not made that decision that that other terrible person has made, but I'm not saying that if I weren't in their shoes, I wouldn't have made the exact same decision. And, but for the grace of God, I would make the same awful decision. And man, I was talking about that just yesterday with my wife. So we were talking about a friend of mine who's a musician. Well, honestly, ex-friend honestly, we haven't talked in years. We probably might not ever talk again musicians are similar to audio engineers And that they tend to burn through relationships pretty fast, too I would love to pick your brain on this brian. So I feel like There's some sort of synergy between musicians and audio engineers. We're obviously both making music Audio engineers i'm not saying I believe this is true But the common sort of elephant in the room that a lot of musicians whisper behind their backs or oh audio engineers are just failed musicians (laughs) There is this like belief amongst some musicians that it's like, oh, they just i've never heard of that before
0: in my mind I've only been around musicians that have upgraded To audio
1: engineer, you know, well, that's certainly the perspective of an audio engineer (laughs) And so it's a weird dynamic because as an audio engineer, we're in a position to have power over musicians, but the musicians get to get up on stage and we don't. And there's a weird dynamic there that I think can be a challenge for audio engineers when you are a producer, you're helping an artist and then they get up on stage and all these girls are freaking out or all these guys are crushing on the lead singer, you know, whatever it happens to be that there's a weird dynamic there of... Being behind the glass but not getting the sort of like accolades and props if you will So what are you saying with this? I don't know man. I'm just I think that there is an elephant in the room which is Our job is fairly thankless as audio engineers And the musicians it's an incredibly potent and powerful thing to get up in front of people with a guitar Or a microphone and it engages and captivates people in a way that's like nothing else does
0: Have you ever actually sat down and thought about where your next client will come from? Most freelancers don't, because most freelancers' number one strategy for getting new clients is something called hope marketing. And if that sounds like you, you're not alone. Most freelancers think that just by putting out great work, clients will come banging down your door to hire you. Now, while you obviously do need to be good at what you do, we both know that this strategy does not work. Otherwise, your calendar would be 100% booked solid with amazing projects from your ideal clients. So to help you with this fight against hopium addiction, I'm excited to announce that our flagship coaching program, Clients by Design, has finally opened up applications again. This transformational coaching journey is not a one-size-fits-all. It's tailor-made just for you. We'll do a deep dive into your business to see what's missing, and we'll lay out a step-by-step roadmap to guide you over the next six to eight months. And here's the best part. We don't just give you the plan and send you on your way. We give you personal, one-on-one help so you never get stuck. And we make sure you actually follow through with something called our absolute accountability system. So if you're ready to stop relying on hope marketing and ready to start building your own client acquisition machine so you can get a steady flow of clients, then it's time to step up and apply for clients by design and see if you're a good fit. Just go to sixfigurecreative.com coach. And I'll be the first to say that this program is not for everyone. So far, we've only accepted about 25% of those who apply. So if you want to find out if you're a good fit, just go to sixfigurecreative.com coach and fill out the application. Now here's our show. It's interesting because I've never really thought of it before. I did my time on tour, played hundreds of shows in dozen or so countries, and that was a very enjoyable part of my life. But when I went into the audio engineering world, it was not something I missed. It was like I loved being in a city now where I had roots planted down and I had started to you know, have a routine in my life, which we still need to kind of talk about, Yeah, you know, the routine side of relationships.
1: Well, I'm the same. My attraction to audio engineering was that I wanted to make music, but I knew that if I traveled, I probably would have a hard time staying married. So it was really attractive to me to be like, well, I can still make music. I can still be creative.
0: I would not be engaged right now if I were a traveling musician.
1: I can oh, promise you that. I don't envy that.
0: We had a joke on tour, which was if you're a man on tour and you get engaged." Whenever you get married, you can either leave the band or your wife can join the band. There is no third option. <laughs> and I've seen both on tour. There was a band back in my day called Mortal Treason. The vocalist was uh very talented guy, was pretty good up and coming band. They were from the Nashville area back in the day in 2005, 6, 7. The vocalist guy married his wife joined the band as the keyboardist and they continued to tour. It's genius. I've also seen plenty of people who left the band after they got married.
1: Well, I think there's a whole interesting topic there to just look at. There's something about understanding the way that musicians are typically unhealthy emotionally that has something for us to learn as audio engineers and how we are typically unhealthy because the two professions are intertwined. I don't know what that is. I wish I did. I know this probably feels like a little bit of a rambling episode. I think that the point, the most important thing here, something you can take home with you and put in your back pocket, isn't to understand these things. You're not going to listen to a 40-minute podcast And suddenly have all this wisdom about relationships because it's a lot more complicated than learning about running a business Frankly, I think and the important thing there I think is to be wondering It's to be aware That there are things in the room that work in complicated and mysterious ways that you don't understand And recognizing that as opposed to approaching it as an audio engineer like well, it's just a signal flow issue I'll just gain stage these two compressors differently (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) So like it's You know, we would love to believe that our world is as simple as signal flow as simple as how we do routing within our studio It's a lot more complicated than that
0: Well, I think we could kind of shift out of this really complex emotional intelligence Mm. type of conversation Let's do it because again, this is above my paid grade. I'm not an expert in this I don't know if you're even an expert in this It is a rabbit hole worth going down and if you really do struggle With that side of things, it is worth going to see a counselor about and seeing if there's some certain things that you are ignoring in your life right now or that you have failed to unlock in your life right now that you need to work on. But an area I do think is something that we can all work on, that we can all be aware of, and we can all do something today on is working on our routines around relationships. So I released a video on youtube a couple weeks ago discussing sort of this topic Which i'll talk about more on that video in a second if you haven't watched it already But the gist of it is my life is built around routine and habit over motivation because motivation ebbs and flows It comes and goes and I can be extremely motivated one day and then not give a damn the next day about certain things But as long as I build a routine and a habit into my life I essentially have forced myself to do things that I may or may not normally do And so when we start talking about building and managing relationships in our life, you have to create some sort of routine and system and habit around those things that are important to you. And I use it all the time in business sense, but when it comes to relationships, there's a lot you can do to build relationships into your routine. One example, if you go back and watch that YouTube video at youtube.com slash the Six Figure Home Studio, if you watch that video, I talk about two different apps that you can start using in your life, importing your friends into it, your contacts into it, and it will actually Send pop-up reminders on your phone when it's time to follow up with somebody someone in your life that you haven't talked to in weeks or months or However long you specify and that helps those people that are like Emerging acquaintances in your life people that you had a good connection with But you probably would never reach out and talk to again That happens to me all the time. And it's something I really struggle with So I found a way it was through a couple apps I'm trying out to build routine into my life and a system into my life that helped me stay on top of those relationships So that they don't just fade away and die We kind of touched on the beginning of this episode although we didn't really touch on it as much as I probably should have, how important relationships are, not just emotionally, but for your business. Although I'd say both of those are equal importance to most people. It helps with getting more clients. It helps with referrals. It helps you mastermind with people in your industry who can help you solve problems. It can allow you to add value and enrich other people's lives. It can lead to friendships that you would have never had access to before. It can lead to mentors you would have never had access to before. All because you put systems and routines and habits into place that nurture those relationships actively instead of waiting for people to come to you because I don't know how you are, but I know personally for the longest period of my life probably the darkest period of my life I would just wait for that text to come in. Hey, you want to come hang out? Hey, we're doing this You want to come do this with us instead of actually being the person that arranged those things and when you start building habit and routine into this It gets a lot easier to manage these relationships in a systematic way. And that really does work well for our types of brains, the systematic, if this, then that type of brain. So I think there is a good marriage between the two and you can do a lot of work, even if you don't have a high emotional intelligence. So I think this is something worth addressing.
1: Yeah, I think that's really cool. I think that there are opportunities for us to use the fact that we're so logic minded as audio engineers. We're so technically minded as audio engineers. And that might not be everybody listening. You might be making a solid living or starting to make a solid living being the creative in the room and not touching any knobs. If you are good for you, that's awesome. More power to you. Way more power to you. But I think if you are one of these people like Brian and I, who see everything as a logical problem to solve, that's not necessarily a bad thing if you apply it correctly. And that's when I say that having a good EQ is a skill, that it's a tool that you need to develop.
0: Are you talking about the graphical equalizer are you talking about the emotional intelligence
1: with that eq the emotional intelligence okay with that eq sorry so i'm appealing to that technician inside of us by calling it a skill oh it's a skill oh well i'm gonna be awesome at it that's how that's how it's more complex than that yeah it's more complex than that but at least if you see it as something you can get better at um so case in point i changed my life i read a blog post Couple, about two years ago from tim ferris, you know side note you don't really hear that term very often
0: You don't really hear that many people say that blog post changed my life, but i'm glad that you just said it
1: Well, it was from tim ferris. So <laughs> That's it's, true. Okay, it's, his blog posts it, are
0: basically little books
1: He pointed out that falling asleep is a skill And I up until about two years ago was absolutely horrendous at it I would typically lay in bed for an hour or two each night trying to calm my mind down A nap was out of the question because i'm not gonna lie. I am amazing at that skill I
0: just turn over and fall asleep almost at a whim.
1: I am getting there I'm, okay at it, but it wasn't until I saw it as a skill and engaged my nerdy technician I must assimilate this skill into my body like weirdness so this is a healthy conversation to appeal to us as engineers. That's what we are. That this is a skill that we can possess.
0: You can take a left-brained approach to a right-brained issue. Yeah. I'd say the emotional intelligence side is more of a right-brained creative type, ethereal thinking type thing. Something that I really struggle to even grasp and understand. But there are systems and processes and structured approaches to improving that skill of that very airy thing that's hard to grasp sometimes.
1: Yeah. So case in point, Here's an actual tactical piece of advice for that if you are lucky enough to have found Someone you love and you are struggling to balance Your career with your relationship with them You guys should sit down and you should talk about boundaries and you should get a piece of paper out and you should write down rules Mutual rules not her or him telling you what to do you as a couple deciding What are the boundaries that you should respect? So one of those might be if you have to mix late you will mix on headphones after 11 p.m. or something like that. That you'll structure your day in a way where you're like, well, I'll do the type of work that I can do with headphones later at night so that I'm not like (laughs) subwoofer, you know, at 3 a.m. when your wife has to go into her job the next day or something like that. So I think having that conversation with a piece of paper, it shouldn't be like a paragraph. It should be bullet points, in my opinion. Really simple, really easy. One, no mixing after X, Y, Z. Z. Two. No reading blog posts and debating people on Gearslets.com about meaningless junk while watching a movie with one's significant other.
0: Stay fully present.:
1: Yeah, there are all these things that you can do where you can 80-20 and say, well, what causes 80 percent of our problems that's related to my career? Can we come up with boundaries and a list of rules that helps me, know, it's not appropriate to be watching some romantic movie with your spouse? At night, while also arguing about which manufacturer has the best microphones on gear sluts or something like that.
0: Yeah. And if you hear Chris talk about the 80 20 principle and you're not sure what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode number 45. It's called How Studio Owners Are Multiplying Their Income and Minimizing Their Headaches Using the 80 20 Principle. We go into depth with that. Long story short, it just says that 80% of the results come from 20% of the effort. So, what are the 20% of the effort you can put into this specific thing we're talking about today that will generate 80% of the
1: results? Yeah, and vice versa. What are the 20% of things that you do that cause 80% of your problems in your relationship? So man, we're taking a really technician-minded focus on this, but in my opinion, this is one of the most effective things you can do. It's probably two or three or four things that are consistently happening between you and the person you're in a relationship with that are causing most of the stress. That are like, "Oh gosh, not he's doing this again." Uh.
0: It could be as easy as just putting your damn phone down when you're together.
1: Yeah. Totally. And so for us my wife and I we struggle with phone addiction for sure So we go through phases where my wife won't have instagram or I won't have facebook Or for me. I really struggle with news. I want to read the news Which we
0: just talked about after the episode we recorded last week. I was helping you solve that problem
1: And you did I am pleased to say i'm using the reddit app I've never been into reddit. I have always just thought it was like the weirdest most Well, just so you know that I
0: basically got you off of cocaine and put you on heroin is all I just
1: did. Apparently, yeah. but it's like I can decide the way that reddit affects me. So like that's true It's more of a time waster than a emotion
0: waster, which is what the news is doing to you
1: Yeah, so if I don't want to read about supreme court nominees in my news app, I don't have to yeah So I don't get mad and fight about it with my wife and Yeah, so it's been really cool of like just that one little tweak of like hey There's a rule between us now that we don't read the news
0: Sounds terrible, but i've been doing this for years. I don't listen to the news. I don't watch the news. I don't read the news If any big news happens that matters it finds its way to me through the grapevine And that's the way it's always been for the last four or five years And that's the way I want to keep it It keeps my mind so much more positive than the average person who's getting bombarded with CNN constant negative news
1: (laughs) if it's really important President Donald Trump, he can send me a text message on my phone now. So I don't have to worry about anything. I don't need to read the uh, <laughs> read the news. I don't, maybe you didn't see that in the news, Brian. Uh, Trump can text us now. so
0: Really? I honestly didn't hear that, but now it made it to me. That's
1: good to know. Yeah. So you heard it here first.
0: <laughs> so just to kind of wrap this episode up, this was not meant to be. An episode that solves your problems. Unfortunately, this was just meant to be a discussion. We had no bullet points We're going through here. Chris just said hey, this is an episode we should probably do It's a discussion we need to have and I hope it brings up some points in your head That makes you think twice about the way you're approaching your life and your business And if anything we said maybe spurs you to go see counseling Or maybe to sit down with your significant other and have conversations to me Those are all great points. Those are great things to happen but There's no catch-all to this, unfortunately, and this is something we're all going to continue to fight with because i'm not naturally great at relationships I am personable I have quote-unquote people skills, but people skills does not necessarily equate to healthy relationships And I think that's something that has to be Said first of all and then addressed second of all
1: Yeah, so I think a fun way to close this would be brian. Let me give you some advice for being married Yes, you're engaged. Let me just throw out a couple ideas here All right, I would say number one for at least the first year of your marriage Disregard the opinions of all others including family members. That's a bold statement my friend Yeah, so like unless they're giving you advice about how to be married. That's fine. But if it's like are you going to be here for christmas or you know if all this pressure that gets put on you by people Oh, ignore the pressure. Okay. Ignore all pressure. See that's the thing. I'm great at that
0: But that's because I don't necessarily care what people think about well, me
1: This is true and we're similar in this regard, but yeah, I would,
0: we're both eights on the enneagram
1: Yes, a, a strong piece of advice there is just disregard others expectations for you You're allowed to be late at any point that you want in your first year of marriage same is true If you just had a kid If your kid is one or under you can be late. You can skip stuff You can say no and I think you should be entitled to feel guilt-free about that No matter what it is this idea of i'm putting my life first I'm in this weird like tension filled Turbulent time of trying to like set the pace and set the tone for the rest of my life So if I don't show up to a meeting and i'm five minutes late because that's going to happen you're going to be having a conversation with your spouse and all of a sudden it's like ooh, ooh, ooh! someone said something that hit a nerve E we need to talk about this and that happens and it's unpredictable And it's the same with kids is you know, you're in a situation where you're like, oh I'm, I'm going to this thing. Oh man My kid hit their knee on the sidewalk. I need to hold them for two minutes. It's okay So that would be my biggest piece of advice is just especially for that first year just disregard all social expectations that others put on you and Invest in that relationship with your spouse first and foremost.
0: I can do that. That's easy for me, but you know
1: Yeah, here's another word of wisdom. So first and foremost is take a year off from expectations Number two would be you guys are gonna fight you're gonna argue And that's okay. So long. No, we're not we're perfect together. We never fight. That's awesome. So long as you take those fights and you have a take home from them and you take the fight and you push it down into a brick, you make a brick out of the and fight. And you shit that brick out? No, you put that brick in the foundation of your marriage and you say, you know what? We fought about policies on sharing the bed or we fought about policies on whether or not you're home in time for dinner.
0: That's such a left brain look on... Policies. It it
1: is. Yeah. It is. So have the fight, have the discussion, but have a take home from it. Push it down, make a brick, put it in the foundation of your marriage and move on. And with every fight that you have, so long as you're actually hashing out something that you will use in the future, a policy that you will use in the future, your marriage will get better and better and better. The worst thing you can possibly do is have fights with no conclusion to them. That is so difficult because you're just going to have that fight again and again and again and again. So make a brick and then stick with it be a grown-up and say well, okay I won't do that anymore, honey. I hear you. I don't love it But I get that that hurts your feelings I will not tell you that you look fat in those blue jeans anymore (laughs) So whatever it is, it's going to be weird stuff and you're going to definitely have these conversations where you're like, oh, this is I did not think I would ever have this argument with another human before I can't believe that any other human on earth would think X, Y, or Z. Just make a brick out of it, put in the foundation. So I'm going to leave it at that. Those are my two most important pieces of advice. Take a year off from expectations from other people. And then shed a brick. And make bricks.
0: <laughs> so that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, little different than normal, I know, but relationships are a huge part of this. What's the point of having a successful studio if you are sad and alone in this world? And uh, I think friendships, relationships, other people are what honestly bring the most joy out of what I do. So go text somebody, tell them you love them. Next week's episode is interesting because we're not telling you what to do, which is what we normally do on this podcast, but we're telling you what to not do. That sounds kind of weird. Believe me, it's not because think of it this way. You can do everything in the world the right way you can do everything we teach you on this podcast You can do all the right things you can check all the right boxes But if you're also doing all the wrong things, then you can negate any good work you do So next week we'll be talking about the do not do list the things you should not be doing And i'm hoping it's going to be an eye-opener to a lot of you because chris actually has a physical Do not do list that he reviews daily Meanwhile, I don't have anything like that. Mine's in my head And it's something that's made me reassess the way i'm doing my daily routines by putting more things on that Do not do list physically so that I know that I should not be doing those things So next week do not do list we talk about how to create your own do not do list and I think it's a pretty fun episode So stay tuned next week 6 a.m tuesday morning that episode goes live until next time Thanks for listening and happy hustling